Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast, where we help you get clarity, build skills, enhance your character, curate your environment, take daily massive action, and develop a positive mindset. Join our community by heading over to workwithtimmydouglas.com and get our free book and list of questions that will help you build an impactful and purposeful life. Enjoy the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Tiana Sanchez, who is the CEO and founder of Tiana Sanchez International. She is also a number one best-selling author, executive coach, corporate trainer, keynote speaker, and the host of Like a Real Boss podcast. Tiana, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Timmy. How are you? I am also fantastic. Good to hear that you're doing well. And we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with just telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Well, what I like to do, I'll start with what I like to do for fun because I'm an avid kickboxer. And and part of that, what I like to do for fun kind of ties back to when I first uh, started kickboxing was I was right in the middle of being laid off. So you talk about kind of, they kind of go together, kind of my story a little bit. And so I started off doing that at a time where I was laid off from a job trying to figure out life, trying to figure out what what I was going to do as my next chapter. Up until 2011, I had been working in the corporate space and financial industry and retail. And then all of a sudden, I got the notice, you're being laid off. And I had kind of had to figure things out on my own. And so I started a business, started running it. And so it, I've been doing that successfully for the last 12 years. So we're very proud of that. And as you mentioned, you know, do a whole host of other things. I'm also a mother and a wife of two boys. I'm a boy mom, go boy mom. So (laughs) that is what I enjoy. And I do enjoy spending time with my kids, but I love kickboxing. What I love to do for fun um, is uh, sitting out somewhere, beautiful, great uh, landscape, beautiful scenery with a nice glass of something cold in my hand. And we'll just let your imagination go from there. There we go. There we go. And then tell us a little bit more about Tiana Sanchez International. Yeah, so we are an organizational training and development firm here in Southern California. Uh, We're also a certified women-owned business. And what we believe and what we do is we help organizations one person at a time. So any people issues, people concerns, people development, we're all about the people side of the business. We know there's the business side of the business, but there's also the human side of the business. So we like to kind of scoot on over to the human side of the business. And we provide services such as staff development, leadership training. So if you have staff that's looking to upskill or you need better communication, better trust, um, more efficiency, all that wonderful stuff. We go in and we help organizations do that. We also like to get feedback. So we administer surveys for companies to help them. And then um, we also do executive coaching and we um, specialize in doing some you know, strategy development um, as well. So that's kind of the meat of what we do at TSI. I gotcha. I got gotcha. So really just developing people through and through. Through and through, through and through, one person at a time. <laughs> I got it. And what made you start TSI back in 2011 when you got laid off? Like what was like this instead of, you know, there was real estate, you could have bought a business, you could have done a, a bunch of things. Why TSI? Believe it or not, it started because of my career working at a gourmet fast food restaurant called Hot Dog on a Stick. I don't know if your listeners are familiar. Have you ever heard of it, Timmy? I've not. Okay. Have you ever heard of In-N-Out? Yes. Okay. So hot dog on a stick is like the hot dog version of In-N-Out. Very simple menu, started almost around the same time, like two years apart. 
And it was based off of this very generic kind of, you know, low key menu. And when I started working at this company, and I'll tell you how that ties into my business of what made me start that I started at 17 years old, while I was still in high school. I was a senior in high school trying to figure out my life, need a little job, need a little extra cash. So I started working at this company. And then about maybe six, seven months later, they offered me an opportunity to be a manager. And working at that company truly changed the trajectory of my career and my life, I believe, for the better. It was a pretty much all-female-led, ran organization at that time. Um, I was given a huge responsibility and career advancement opportunities. I learned about money. I learned about scheduling and PL statements and all that stuff. And it just helped set me up for what the possibilities could be. And so when I found myself in 2011 unemployed, I kind of looked back on my history. Well, what had I been doing this whole time? And I've been managing, I've been hiring, I've been training. And I said, hmm, I wonder if I can do that on my own. And so I decided to take that leap of faith after I was laid off in 2011. I didn't want to work for anybody else. I wanted to see if I had it in me to kind of do it, you know, for myself. I didn't have a a template or a blueprint. No one I knew had started a business, but I said, I'm going to start my own business. And I did um, right around fall 2011. And it has grown tremendously over the years. So what is now the company TSI? It was something totally different back then. I gotcha. I gotcha. And so back then when you started, you were like, I'm just going to jump in. Didn't have any entrepreneurial mentors. I assume you hadn't read a bunch of books about starting businesses. And so what was that? What were those initial months like generating leads and closing sales to get the business off the ground. I was literally at the intersection of excitement and uncertainty. So I don't know if anybody's ever been there, but you're excited about the possibility. Like there are all these possibilities were, you know, running around in my head. I was ambitious, probably too much so, but very ambitious, but I had never been in business before. I didn't really have a model. I was a young black woman no capital, no seed money, just savings account, just my, you know, my grit and what I grew up on, just good school of knowledge, you know, for the most part, um, non-degreed, did not have any formal, you know, education outside of high school for the most part. And that was my journey. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to, if I'm going to do this, I'm going all in. And so immediately I started to surround myself with people that were kind of in the business. So I started navigating to people that were had owned their business already who would refer different opportunities to me and then while I was still trying to figure things out I was also trying to look for clients and so I went directly into my immediate network so the friends that you know the people that you know start there you can have a huge network of people so I started there and start to kind of define what I wanted the business to be and it initially started off to me as a coaching practice and so Back when, you know, life coaching, and I shouldn't put it in quotations because it is a thing, but it's very saturated, as you know now. And 12 years ago, it was there, but it wasn't quite as saturated as it is now. So I kind of dabbled a little bit, but I said, that's not my thing. Like, I'm not trying to do the whole life thing. I want to focus on the person at work, the career, the manager, because that was my lane. And that's what I did. And so I, I did start reading books and I started networking and I started attending seminars and classes and getting certified and all of those things. So that was the start of a really exciting journey. Gotcha. And so it started with friends and family. What does generating leads look like now? Are you doing paid ads, cold outreach, outbound email, like just referrals because the business has got so much momentum, affiliates? What are you running with nowadays? 
I will be the first to admit that I don't think we have a viable marketing strategy. And I'll tell you why. The number one reason we, the number one way we get referrals is, or business is through referrals. Now that might sound great because that means people that have done work with you believe in you and they refer you business. And that's fantastic. And that is on one hand, but that's not necessarily sustainable. That has been what has kept us afloat. That is what has kept our business thriving has been referrals. And so I would say, again, like 80% of them are referrals. The other 20% come from different events that I may attend, where I may be invited to speak, deliver a presentation, meet somebody, and then develop that organically on my own. But for the most part, it is through referrals. So I am, and you know, our team has been looking at different ways to create a more viable and a more sustainable way of generating leads. But I am clear on who my audience is and where they are. And so when people say, Tiana, get a TikTok, get Instagram, that's not where my people are. They are on LinkedIn for the most part. And that is literally the platform where I get a lot of leads. Mm. Mm, I gotcha. I saw an advertisement today for LinkedIn B2B business ads. Have you looked into that? Are they effective? Like, I just have no idea about them <laughs> yeah no i have i've actually seen you know they have things like they used to have this thing called sales navigator on linkedin i don't know if they still have it but they, they did do, yeah. yeah and then you know the whole b2b business to business it i'm sure it's effective i again i'm a huge advocate for linkedin and i think they've come a long way over the years and it's something possibly to consider i like and, I, and i'll say it this way i i get to select the clients that i work with I think is the best way to put it. And not all money is good money. So when I find a client who where our values align, where you're coachable, where I can say something to you, you're not immediately defensive. You're not immediately trying to excuse away something that I've identified. That's the kind of person I want to work with. It's okay if you failed and had some experiences of failure or, or you're not perfect. But if you are receptive and you're willing to do the work, that's the kind of organization that I want to that I want to work with, and so I'd say as much as they're hi- interviewing me or hiring me, I'm hiring them at the same time. And so when you put out cast a wide net, you never know who you're going to get in, and so you kind of have to have a weed out process for folks. It's like you know, well, I don't know. It's like sifting, right? When you sift yeah. through stuff, you keep the good stuff, and the other stuff goes away. It's like I need to. I need to be in control of that sifting. And so I'm still trying to figure out the best way to do that because I do want to expand and continue to reach more people, but I do want to make sure that we are are aligned in, in some of the work and our integrity and our values. I gotcha. And when you're getting clients, do you ever reach the employee and the employee recommends it to the boss or are you always reaching that kind of C-suite director VP level? Usually, Timmy, for the most part, it's that director level, someone, um, maybe an HR, human resources is is usually my group of folks. They're my kinfolk. They usually are the group that I connect with and they tend to refer here and there. Someone maybe at another organization will refer, things like that. Seldom will I come across an employee. Sometimes I will, but then there's not really that much follow through from the employee level. So sometimes I'll even ask them, say, hey, well, maybe you can introduce me to someone I can talk to or who should or when I meet with them, I'll ask them, well, you know, who's your boss? Maybe I can schedule some time to talk with them. And if they do that, then that might take the conversation in a different direction. But usually it's those director levels and above. I got you. I got you. Well, tell us a bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? 
what keeps me going every day motivation is, you know, I think I have very strong faith. I enjoy the work that I do. I think I got a good eight years left. And I say that like I'm old, but I'm saying eight years doing what I'm doing. Um, I think it's funny because you say motivation, because I do think motivation takes a big part of motive and action. And, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of put those two words together at the letter C, you kind of figure it out and, you know, motivations in there somewhere or move C and then you get motivation, but there has to be a motive and a purpose and an intention. And I think I'm blessed to just wake up every day in an environment where I have a roof over my head. I can drink water out of my, you know, fridge. I have food in, in, in the house. And I, so I'm just blessed each and every day. I think just getting up and knowing that there's possibility in the day. There's something new to explore. There's people to serve. And I know it may sound fluffy, but it truly is something. I, I'm, I'm old enough to have lived a little bit. And I figured out that that is truly a motivation. I have two boys. And so I, I enjoy seeing them come into their own and figuring out life. And I'm so glad I'm where I am today. And I'm not, you have to go to school. You have to get a degree. You have to do this and let them really figure out what they want to be and who they want to be. And I think I only got there because I'm an entrepreneur and that process is, is, is very different. So those are some of the things that, that I enjoy that, that mode, that motivate me. I gotcha. I gotcha. You know, in my head, nobody in California has faith. <laughs> so bad. Has aged, you said? No, has faith. Like nobody is oh, like religious faith. in California. Um, You've met one now. I have. <laughs> I've actually <laughs> met a couple from the podcast. And I think that's just classic like propaganda skewing your perspective of a place. You know, there are plenty of Christians in California, plenty of people who are Islamic, plenty of Jews, I'm sure, for sure. Um, yes, but. there are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. <laughs> Very strong faith. You enjoy the work that you do and you realize that there's the possibility in every day um, to serve people and to just kind of seize the day. That truly is it. Um, I think it's simple, simply stated. I don't complicate things. My life is pretty much, I wake up um, pretty early. I spend some time. I have usually my habits. I'm, I'm reading this book right now, Timmy. It's called Atomic Habits. So many Great people book. recommended this book. Have you read it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm like halfway in. So no spillers, no spoilers. <laughs> um, so I'm loving this, but I'm get up in the morning. I spend 15 minutes uh, in my devotional, whether it's prayer, whether it's reading, whatever I get up, I do my three miles, which is, you know, walk or a slight light jog in my neighborhood. I come back, then I check emails. So I typically don't like to check emails. I've been pretty good at doing that. Let's say 95% of the time. Uh, I don't check my emails before I do those two things. Um, I do my work. I take my breaks. I carve them out on my phone. It gives me my notifications and I go to bed at 830. That is, that is my goal. And that is keeps me, I think, feeling great, looking great. I'm also in our family. We're vegans. We're plant-based. So um, like this morning, I, I squeezed some fresh grape juice. I had a taste for it yesterday. So my husband went to the store, grabbed me some grapefruit juice, and it was so delicious. I had it this morning. So these are just the things. These are simple joys of life doesn't have to be doesn't have to overcomplicate things for me so you go to sleep at 8 30 every night 8 30 yes and you would not be the first to make fun of me because my friends <laughs> uh close friends all know that i go to bed at 8 30 and so they will even tell me like oh i looked at my clock and it was 8 40 and i said oh tiana's probably sleeping yes i probably am <laughs> occasionally i will live a little risque and i will stay up till maybe 9 or 9 30 but for the most part I'm in bed at 8.30. Yeah. But, you know, on the weekends, I splurge a little bit. So 
splurge till 9 30 on the weekends yeah you know <laughs> got got that good movie date night with the hubby you know things like that i make and, exceptions for sure and what time are you waking up when you go to sleep at 8 30 so my alarm glows off at 6 a.m and that's if i've had a good restful sleep sometimes you know my mind is always working i think of ideas and so sometimes i don't always sleep great on another night i might it might be like 5 5 30 but for the most part it's six o'clock in the morning that's that good sleep. You're getting like nine and a half hours, nine hours. If I'm rested, yes. You know, sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night. You know, I'm not going to say my age, but I'm of the age where you might have a couple of wake up, middle of the night wake up calls to the restroom, you know, that kind of thing. I'm at that age. But yeah. otherwise, it's a it is a pretty good sleep. Yes. That's funny because I'm, I'm 24 today, actually. Today is my birthday. Well, happy uh, birthday. Thank you. Thank you. And I wake up in the middle of the night. Okay. So there you go. Um, well, awesome. Awesome. Hey, 8:30. So do your kids go to sleep at 8 32? My youngest is his bedtime is about nine, sometimes 9 30. He tries to, you know, stay up in the living room, but he does go to bed at about nine. And then my oldest, who is your age, actually, he does not live in the house. And he's pretty much a late owl. He loves to stay up late I think but as he's working more I believe you know it's starting to catch up with him and you know he he enjoys his rest as well I got you I got you well cool Tiana let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals what's your vision for your life and for your business for my life I want I want a legacy for me for my life to be one that is fulfilled that is meaningful and that has served others in some capacity whether it's served others through a word, something they heard me say, they went to a conference and I was on, you know, I was speaking at a, you know, something and they, you know, it was powerful or whatever it was. And it meant something to them, uh, whether it was in a book that I wrote and it was given to them at a time that they were going through some difficulties and some challenges. And it really meant something to them. Or you asked about business, you know, maybe I helped serve an organization who was struggling or help them to see their employees as humans and not, you know, um, you know, just a number or system, and it made a difference in some capacity. So I would I would hope that when my time is up on this earth, that those would be the things that I'm remembered for. And that would be that would be an ultimate dream that I could have that realized while I'm still here, let's say, I want my flowers now, as they say, Um, that would be a great dream for me to have. I don't necessarily traveling is wonderful. And I know that's the thing that a lot of people love to do. I'm a local girl. I think there's plenty of joy and people, plenty of things to do and accomplish and see here. And so I would say that's, that's one of my biggest dreams and to be able to have some, some wealth that I can, you know, leave to my children and have them enjoy it and their children's children and all of that. I gotcha. And do you see yourself um, selling the business ever, or do you see yourself keeping it and passing it down? Initially, I would love to keep it and pass it down. But it's clear that both my boys are not forward facing. <laughs> so to do what I do has to be forward facing, client facing, and they're both behind the scene kind of folks. And so I'm like, hmm, not sure that this would be something to leave behind. But I am looking at another, you know, chapter after this. So I said I've given myself kind of eight years where I probably want to start slowing down doing what I'm doing I think I have a good eight years to keep up the pace of the work that I do because it is a lot of work when you speak and present and talk for a living this is your money maker and then you also have to 
create content and you're working with people, there's a lot of brain power behind the work. And I would imagine that for everybody. So I think good eight, good eight years. And then I would segue. And what I would love to do is continue to speak and write books. And uh, maybe then I may look at some travel. Okay. Okay. So eight years of focused business and then off to speaking and writing books. Yes. Cause that will have been 20 years for me in, in the business. Cause we started 12 years ago. I'd give it about eight more years. That'll be about 20 years. That puts me, you know, kind of mid 50 range. And that's not old at all. There's a lot of people who continue to do that. I want to transition the type of work that I do to look differently. So I still want to do work. It's just going to look a little differently. I think at that point. So I need to, my dream, if we're still talking about that, is to also have been responsible enough and stewarded my funds in a way that would have allowed me to save and invest and take care of the financial side so that I can do what I want to do in the next eight years while also helping my children live their lives. I gotcha. I gotcha. And so right now we got legacy for your life that is fulfilled, meaningful, and serves others. That's one dream. Have some wealth to leave to your children. Eight years of focused work, then off to speaking and writing books, and then stewarded your funds well enough that in the eight years, you're financially free to do what you want to do and help your children live their life. You got it all. I gotcha. And so what what is that number in a monthly cash flow or a lump sum that you need in that eight years to be able to live your life how you want to, and then also help your children. I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. So I don't have a number necessarily a dollar amount. I have the time frame. I have what I want, let's say to have saved for my children to be able to maybe have a down payment on a house or something like that. And then what would be comfortable for me at that time frame? Cause I would still be working. I'm just, changing the type of work that I'm doing. In fact, I imagine I would make more for me. That's how I see it because I would still be selling books, writing books, doing some speaking and things like that. And perhaps it could even look like another venture opportunity. I'm not sure. So I have to get back to you on the number. I got you. So it's less of a monthly cash flow number and more of a like, I want this much saved up for my kids and maybe a little bit of income on the side for me. But ultimately you see your income increasing even though the work has changed so you'll be set i do i definitely see it increasing not decreasing either increasing directly by by what i do or increasing because of the investments that i have or paying good dividends so I got there's you. some there's some good passive income in there i certainly want within the eight-year time a steady flow of passive income where i don't have to do anything my money is doing everything gotcha and is that uh, stocks for you, real estate for you, kind of passively owning businesses where you hire a CEO to run it? What is for that? me, it's probably the former two. So stocks, investments, um, some real estate, likely that those would be the ones I would be looking at. I gotcha. There we go. Well, cool. What are the top one to two skills that you need to develop right now to make these dreams and goals come true? Skills that I need to develop, um, good understanding of investments and finances and stocks. I feel like I have a general knowledge, but I think having that would help me to achieve that financial goal, even if I don't have a number, but getting there. Um, I have a supportive family already, which is great. 
and possibly really looking at when we talk about the exit strategy. So oftentimes people say, well, you know, do you want to scale up, you know, scale up or sell the business? And that isn't something that I know too much about. Now, how you start your business, keep it flowing, you know, keep that revenue in, but scaling up or exiting the business is not something that I've never done before. So understanding what that process looks like when I get to a place where I am saying goodbye to the business or handing it over or leaving it to the kids, I need to figure out what that looks like. So some some business acumen on exit strategy and some financial acumen. I gotcha. I gotcha. And have you read Traction? Okay. So if I pick up my phone right now, you will see that Traction is in my Audible library. It is next up to be read. So after Atomic Habits. So that is another book. My mentor has even told me about Traction like two years ago. So it is next. I gotcha. I gotcha. And <laughs> so there's... are you saying that that's going to help me if I read that book? So I actually haven't read Traction. I just know it's the go-to business book for like systems. And so it's been recommended to me like 50 times as well, but I'm more on the generating revenue side as opposed to building system side. And so once I get that revenue in, Traction will be a more relevant book for me, but it's just not right now. And um, I've also had Exit Rich recommended to me, um, which is a book on exiting rich. <laughs> I'll have to add that to my list. I love reading books, so I'll have to add that. I have not heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, those two books have been recommended to me for those topics and they're just not relevant topics for me right now, but um, when they are, those are the books I'll be reading. So I hear you. Well, cool. What are the highest impact daily actions that are going to tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals? Daily actions. Um, when I get to that, in, that investment point, like really getting into a checking, you know, stocks, checking the investments that I have, making moves, being strategic about those decisions, you know, that's important. So again, creating the habit of making that a priority for sure. I think another thing that could be something that could tick the needle forward when I think about the business acumen in terms of that kind of scaling or exiting is maybe again, start today by looking at some of the things that I can do, whether it is putting some systems in place or reading a book and doing something, you know, slow and steady. It's not urgent. It's not, it's something that's happening tomorrow or even next year. I still have some time, but I think just a little, a little bit of information now and seeing how I can apply it is certainly helpful. And I really, I would love to involve my kids in somewhere in this process so that they can understand whether it's financial investments, whether it's, Hey, maybe they want to own a business. In fact, my son does have a business. He has a co-partner and they've been doing work and they've been building it for several years now. And so it's really cool to see him, all of what they're doing come to fruition, but bringing them into the process. So they understand as well what's going on. So that certainly would help because that will help me reach my dream about making sure they're left with more than, you know, whether it's finances or just education and information. So. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so the habit on strategic investing and then the information on scaling so you can bring your kids into the fold, right? Yes. I would love to do that. There we go. There we go. Have you ever, um, what was I going to ask? Oh, have you ever heard of infinite banking? Infinite. What was the second word? Banking infinite banking no i have not gotcha 
there was this dude on my podcast who talked about it as a way, as a wealth driver. There are definitely split opinions on it. Like Dave Ramsey hates it, thinks it's a scam. And then uh, there are a lot of wealthy people who use it to supercharge their compounding and supercharge their finances. And after the show, remind me to send you that podcast episode so you can get a picture of it yourself. I'm not going to try to explain it because I'll probably mess it up. But it's like 50 minutes of us going through infinite banking. And um, it sounded like sounded pretty legit to me. And the Rockefellers do it. So must have some validity. <laughs> I will I will check it out. I do a lot of driving. And so I love to listen to podcasts. I have my favorites. And so I can kind of plug in that episode and, and see what it's about. I'm open to hearing new information. I tend to be a creature of habit. I tend to be loyal to the things that I know. And that can be good and bad. So, but I will check it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream life come true? Well, I feel I'm resilient. I feel I um, have the desire and the fervor to do those things. I The book that I'm reading, which is about the habits, I think developing those habits, and maybe it's because I'm reading the book, but that is certainly a trait that is not ingrained. I am a creature of order. I love order. And I think that relates to habits. So, but I think developing, um, a, uh, again, a better system, and I'm learning that through reading the book. One of my words, you know how you pick a word every year for like New Year's or what have you? Mm -hmm. Years back, one of my words was flexibility because I was so, I am an orderly person and organized and I like things a certain way. Some people call that control. I don't know if that's what it is, but I like things to be a certain way. And so I said, okay, you need to practice flexibility, young lady, because that is an area where if things are out of your control and they don't go a certain way, can you adjust and adapt and figure it out? And I feel like I can. However, there are moments where maybe that old Tiana starts to creep in. So just maybe picking up, bringing back more flexibility and adapting because things changes all the time. Things always change. And so just knowing that nothing is going to stay the same. And I'm a person of habit and loyalty. So just constantly reminding myself that I need to flex and adapt. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Flexibility. And if there were one or two people you could meet right now, this could be a specific person or a type of person. And they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals. Who would they be and how would they help you? Well, I feel like I met one already. Well, not personally, but I feel like I met one on the financial side recently. I won't mention the person's name, but um, it was someone that I had been looking into a couple of years, followed on LinkedIn and recently got connected. And so I believe that part of it is definitely going to help me. On the business side, kind of the scaling and the exit strategy, I would have to, I don't know who I would want to meet for the business side of the business yet, you know, thinking about who would help me in that area. There's some really cool people. I mean, maybe it's the author of Traction. I don't know. <laughs> it could be a, a whole host of people. You know who I do really like mm. is Guy Raz on How I Built This, which happens to be my favorite podcast. Yep. But um, not that he would be someone to help, but I, I think he'd be really cool to meet, actually. I gotcha. I gotcha. And do you think he would be able to help you kind of think about how you build your business or just a cool intro to have? He asks really great questions on his podcast. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly what he does, 
but he is just it's the coolest podcast ever i love it and i just think he'd be a cool person to meet and talk to and have a great conversation with yeah can you think of a really good question you've heard him ask before or is it just in general his questions hit in general his questions hit really good it's i feel like he does extensive research on the guests that he has on his show if he doesn't and he's just he's a fly by the by the seat kind of interviewer i would be thoroughly impressed but i just feel like they're all very poignant very targeted to the specific person and i just and it just makes the interview so good i don't know there's not one particular question i can think of yeah I gotcha. There we go. Well, now we're going to jump to our thriving three. First question. Okay. What's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Well, see, now I told you already my favorite podcast, How I Built This with Guy Raz. There we go. <laughs> there we go. How long have you been listening to that one? Uh, Probably a couple of years. I feel that. Do you know how long it's been around? I don't, but I've gone back to like 20. I've scrolled because I'm now looking at like old episodes and it's I want to say I've gone back and saw some 2017, 2018, maybe 2018, maybe, yeah. but I don't know if it's gone longer than that. I feel like there's maybe 500 and plus episodes. I could be totally off by the way, but I think somewhere around there. I feel that. And what's one way you like to take care of yourself? I take care of myself by eating well. I take care of myself by going to bed at 830 <laughs> and I take care of myself by saying no to something every day. Oh, Saying no to something every day. Yes. I like that. I you like got to say no sometimes. It's okay. A no is not no forever. It's just no today. No right now. Yeah. And so what time do you, or at what point in your life did you start going to sleep at 830? And at what point did you make the switch to being vegan? I will, I made the switch to being vegan about almost 10 years ago because my husband became vegan. He was uh, suffering with some health uh, challenges and he went to see a couple of people and they suggested that he go on a raw vegan diet for like 30 days and I remember he did that and within 30 days he had lost a lot of weight and he's already 6'6 my husband he's 6'6 he's tall and he's slender so when he lost weight you could really tell because he was already kind of um, a slender person and he just said he felt great and he didn't want to go back and so our household you know changed a lot we had i was making three different type of meals in the household i was making vegan i was fish and my kid and my uh, my oldest son was still eating meat and so making different types of meals in the household so that was about 10 years ago and then when what was the other question uh when you decided to start going to sleep at 8 30 that probably happened within the last five years i can't say specifically when but i no, within the last five years. And I think it was a conscious decision because I needed, I just started feeling like I needed more rest. Like I wasn't getting enough good sleep. And then you just get older and you're not, friends aren't calling you anymore. Hey, you want to go out? And then it's like, oh, you got nothing to do. Okay, well, I guess I can go to sleep. So yeah. <laughs> you just started switching up the habits and, you know, well, yeah, I guess I'll go to sleep. Oh, I kind of like this going to sleep at 830. <laughs> then, you, then you just figure it out and everything works around it. And, and literally that's that's what happens. So I think about maybe within the last five years or so, although I think it could have been earlier than that. Yeah, I got you. I, I've been noticing that. I'm like, what do people do with their evenings when they're not like going out? You just, you, you can watch TV, but it's like, is watching TV really what you want to do right now? <laughs> like... I switch it up. I love a good show, but I can cut it off. You know, I love to binge if it's a series, 
But then once I'm done, I'm, I'm finished with it. You know, I'll walk around or I'll get on the phone. I love calling, you know, talking to actual people and texting is okay. It's fine. But I like to talk to people too. Mm. So, you know, I switch it up. I kind of mix it up. I got a little buffet of all kinds of stuff. I got you. I got you. Yeah. For me, a lot of it's just been, um, <laughs> I'll be thinking about business. I'll just see it. It'll be the evening time. I'm like, okay, I could watch TV right now, but like, Thinking about business would go so much further for the rest of my life, especially right now at this critical junction, like pre-kids, but married, you know, it's like when you have kids, stuff starts getting a little bit crazier. You got to start getting a little bit more disciplined and, um, and creative. Yeah, exactly. So well, and ideas sometimes come at the night at night and in the morning. For me, those are my best two times. So I have to have my phone or notepad near me at all times because I'm laying down and it's quiet. And that's when I get to think. Yeah. And so at night, thoughts come, and in the morning, thoughts come. You ever think, oh, I'm going to remember this in the morning? You never do, so you better write it down or you better record it. I've lost many of what I consider to be great ideas that are lost out forever in the ether because I did not write them down and I did not record them, so I make sure to do that. But my routine is when I go to bed at 8.30, I also have night uh, uh, like quiet music music to help me because if I don't have that music for me to focus on, my mind goes all over the place because I'm like you, I'm thinking of different things of, of creative ideas or just whatever. So I have to have music to help me go to sleep, to quiet the thoughts so that I can have good rest. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet Guy Raz? <laughs> I don't, I, what is an action that I can take simply then look, I probably would, the first thing I probably do might be go to LinkedIn and kind of see who his connections are. If he's active on LinkedIn, I would probably then maybe go to the Goog and see what they have on him and maybe how to get, cause you know, there's, it's a small world and you know, we're only, what is it? Six degrees of separation. It's probably three, depending on where you live. Yeah, And then maybe make some kind of an outreach. I don't think I'm ready to be a guest on his show just yet. If you listen to the show, I may not. And this is no diss to me. However, there are some really cool established folks on that show that I feel like have a, they have a criteria. So not that I'd be meeting him to be a guest, but just because I think he'd be really cool. That's mm. probably where I would start. There we go. Sounds like a whole plan, honestly. Yeah. Just put it together now. <laughs> there we go. Um, well, cool. We got our final section of the podcast here. And it can get a bit personal. So if you want to pass on any of the questions, just say the words, pass, and we'll keep on moving. What is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life, if any? I don't know that it's a limiting belief, but it's the the thought of comparison. Comparing yourself mm -hmm. to other people. That rears its ugly head every once in a while what does it what does the thought of comparison tend to produce on a belief level for you not that i it doesn't produce a belief that i can't resonate with it, gotcha that i'm not worthy it's maybe the belief that i do i have the desire to it's not even, I don't even know if it's a desire. So when I, when it comes up, the first thing that goes to my mind is I'll, I'll think of like, wow, that's really cool that they did that. And then I'll say, hmm, what are you doing? Like, 
are you, how come you're not at that level or how come you haven't achieved that? And then as soon as that thought comes, I go back to, well, I know this individual or these people and they've worked 60, 70, 80 hours and think, Tiana, you're not trying to do that. You don't want to do that. That's not how you go to bed at 830. (laughs) And so then I come back to reality and I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's like, I have to, well, someone once said, you have to be willing to do what others did to get what others have gotten. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that. And so when I, when a thought like that comes, I think, well, am I willing to do what others did to get what they have gotten? And sometimes the answer is no, I don't want to work. It. I love being able to keep my schedule the way it is. I have a lot of flexibility. I get to spend time with my family. I get to cook with my family. I get to do all these different things. And I know there's sacrifices when you sometimes your your income increases or or you travel the world or you do things. And that's just not where I am today. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it's kind of like the thought comes, but then I immediately am able to, to combat it with something. So. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot. I, I would say that answers, that answers the question. I like it. We got one last question then, because the rest of them don't really apply okay. um, to that answer. So I'll just go to the last question. What is your favorite belief about yourself? My favorite belief about myself is that I am capable, I am able, and me personally with Christ, I can do all things. That is just my personal belief. It is a mantra, it is something. And so um, when you think that on that level and have that assurance, you it really propels you forward in a lot of areas in your life. And so when you hold on to that and you're grounded and you're rooted in that, you believe in that and you live your life that way, then every other trial and tribulation and, and thing that's in front of you, um, it, you can navigate it a a lot easier, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. Tiana, that's all we got for you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Timmy. It was a pleasure. I appreciate it. Of course. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? You are a fantastic host. That's all I want to say. Hey, I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, cool. If you guys are listening to this and you loved what Tiana had to say, make sure to check her out. The links to do so will be down in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Hey there. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and send it to a friend. Don't forget, head over to workwithtimmydouglas.com to get your list of life-changing questions and our free book, Impact Ignition. Live a purposeful life. See you tomorrow for another show.